Hello, this is Bayon Talks, which is a podcast which provides insights from real estate professionals, thought leaders and deal makers in the sector. Second episode, we have the proactive yet graceful Jessica Bishop, who is an associate at Knight Frank. This evening, we'll be discussing her gradual rise through the ranks at one of the world's oldest real estate firms, the age of collaboration within the new guard of agencies, and how she is adapting her activities in this challenging environment. I'm Johnny Ingelli, and I'd love to introduce Jessica Bishop. Wow, what an intro. Thank you, Johnny, very much for having me. <laughs> well, thank you for joining. So <laughs> my, my pleasure. And um, I believe we're actually starting to see a common thread uh, in these podcasts by the fact that this is actually the first time we've had a a chance to speak to each other so again thank yeah you. indeed definitely it is um <laughs> how are you feeling <laughs> yeah i'm feeling good a little nervous as we said this is the first um podcast that i've done before um but i think you know one of the things that's so great about these times is we are connecting with so many people from all over the place and doing loads of different things and stepping outside of our comfort zone mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. I've, I've definitely seen an increase in in uh, collaboration between agents, which, you know, it was happening, but it wasn't uh, as um, as uh, popular as it is now. So, you know, there's you know, yeah. difficult situations. Yeah, we're a, all on the same side now. <laughs> there we go. There's always a silver lining. So, um, you know, I've, again, I believe I've actually been following you for at least, I think, a few months on social media. And I've you know, found your content informative, very compelling as well. For, But, you know, there are people that don't know who you are. And for those people, uh, Jessica, who don't know who you are, would you like to introduce yourself and tell them a bit about what you do as well? Yeah, so I work for Knight Frank and I'm based in our Kensington office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work in the prime market, which is we're split into core and prime. So core is anything up to four and a half million pounds that can be flats or houses and prime is um four and a half million pounds plus mm-hmm. so i've now been working in that team for the last year and a half um and i also help um i sit on the board helping the collaboration between the residential residential development side of the business and the front offices because previously you know, even though we all worked for same uh, for Knight Frank under the same umbrella, we didn't necessarily communicate very well. So we've been working on improving that. Um, and I also help with liaising with our American partners, Douglas Elliman, and again, helping just improve communication between our US partners and trying to um, increase business over there. And yeah. Brilliant. Perfect. That's a very, very concise um, you know, synopsis of what you do, and I love that as well. And, uh, <laughs> from uh, you know the research, I love to do you know a little bit of research on every uh, guest. <laughs> oh no, what have you found? Good <laughs> <laughs> no, stuff, I promise you. And uh, what I did find very interesting is that uh, you took a very unconven- unconventional uh, route, uh, to, you know, before becoming an agent. So, if you could tell us about your journey and you know what drew you into. Uh, you know, property and real estate as a sector. Yeah, of course. So my dad is a developer. And I remember from the age of three years old in London, you know, going into his office and Mm -hmm. sitting in his chair and being surrounded by property. And I always, I loved it. You know, I loved 
looking at um, my mum's house magazines, finding out about the projects my dad was doing, and I was always really interested in it. Um, but I went to uh, quite an academic, academically focused school, and definitely the route was, you know, everyone would go to university and study sort of a traditional subject. And um, I went to um, Durham University there and studied ancient history. Um, and I actually remember what my best friend said, she always knew I'd be, you know, an agent or in property in some way and definitely selling in some capacity. And I only remembered this story when you asked me to go on the podcast mm. because I actually initially didn't get into Durham University for the subject that I wanted to study. Um, so I, and I really wanted to go there because lots of my friends were going there and I'd been rejected from Cambridge and I thought this was the next best thing. So I applied for a different subject and I got into the university but I got into a different campus. So then I got onto the campus and I managed to persuade them to change me onto the better campus. And I then managed to persuade them to change course. And I then managed to persuade them to change course again. So <laughs> I um, managed to yeah, me weasel my way around the English education system somehow. Um, but after all of that, on my gap year, uh, um, after all of that, I um, started working for an agency in London because I just wanted to sort of get into property and was working as a negotiator. And I knew I wanted to work for Knight Frank. And there was a role that came up, an admin role in mm -hmm. the Kensington office. And um, I said, you know what, I just want to get my foot in the door and work for them. So I gave up my role as a negotiator. Um, went into this admin role and was there for nine months and then um, moved on to a sales role in St. John's Wood. Um, and at the time, I mean, that was only sort of four years ago now, but even then, particularly at Night Frank, that was a time where you couldn't really get into sales if you hadn't maybe been on the grad scheme or you hadn't studied it at university. And um, the head of that office, who is still there, um, he basically took a punt on me in the interview and said, you know what, I think she can do this. She's got it. And I'll, you know, teach her everything that she needs to learn and was there for two and a half years. North London, you really cut your teeth. Um, it's a bit like it's been likened to sort of a shark pit just because there are so many agents. You know, you walk up St. Johnswood High Street and you've got 18 agents there compared to Kensington where, you know, you've maybe got four. And mm -hmm. it was the best learning experience that I could have had. It was amazing. And then two and a half years later, the opportunity came up to return to Kensington again in the prime team. And that's where I am now. Perfect. Amazing. It's, what's interesting about that is that even when you were, you know, going to university and once you, you know, got accepted into the university, you were still using those amazing sell skills that you yeah. that you have <laughs> negotiating to, to eventually uh, uh, you know achieve the goal that you that you wanted which is amazing and and what I you know I'm starting to see a trend um, with you know the agents that I've spoken to you know off the podcast and now on the podcast is that that gradual um, that rise when they're you know they put in the work you know they back themselves which you did you know you went for an admin role 
and decided to you know really <laughs> stick your teeth in there yeah. and work hard and you know you've been able to, to move up the ranks which is amazing um and he, he you know you started at you know like you said St John's Wood which is a a very difficult patch uh, to, it to is, get involved it's, in. <laughs> it certainly is um yeah and you know it's definitely um everyone there knows each other and I didn't really know anyone when I moved there um so you know you had to you know work all of the agents and all of your clients and buyers and you know I think I probably had to put in you know twice as much as someone who'd sort of grown up in the area and knew it there but as I said it was the best learning experience because if you can make it in that market then I think you're set to um you know work anywhere else and I think actually it's probably quite a um a good indicator of the way the market might be going because one of the reasons it's so difficult is everyone is so in tune with property and even sort of homeowners there they see it maybe as a bit of a commodity rather than just their home so you know if you trust someone to sell your house it didn't necessarily need to be an actual agent working for a big brand that would sell it it was just someone that they would trust who felt sort of um you know secure in their ability um in the property market so therefore you were competing with 17 agents on the high street as well as 30 one-man bands who were you know selling Mm -hmm. property sort of on a one-off basis Mm -hmm. i'm with you on that 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 seems to be the the common trend within the you know your sector which is the prime and the yeah super prime in some yeah. cases and um, that they have those one-man um, consultancies or uh, advisors that that, that that play in that space and uh, what I've what I find you know fascinating as well because again you work for you know very uh, a large respected uh, corporate yeah. uh, and you worked in you know what I believe are two of the toughest um uh, patches in London when it comes to yes I know Kensington you know there's less competition but you know you are dealing with agents who know what they're yeah, doing completely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've, uh, you, you've moved up the ranks it's been five years that you've been at yeah. the agency so um, I know it sounds like a, a silly question to ask but I'm still going to ask it anyway is what do you believe allowed you to climb up uh, the ladder um, I mean first of all I think I you know I I live and breathe my job I absolutely love it and I'm Mm -hmm. I know that I'm really fortunate in that fact that every morning I wake up and I want to go to work but when I you know started out I regularly would work you know every every weekend without fail but you know quite often would work Saturdays and Sundays and would do really really long days and so I think I managed to be sort of quite successful in terms of you know my figures which is obviously what your seniors look down look at first you know that is sort of their first introduction to you in a way um and then I think you know one of the reasons that also I was able to you know build so much is I suppose I think I had quite a lot of experience in lots of different areas sort of drawing on my background which maybe um you know isn't something that most of um the agents I was working with had and I'd lived in you know sort of a few places around the world and was just able to um you know connect with lots of different people from all different sectors 
of Knight Frank being sort of the residential development, the international, um, the North London sector, the prime central London, and then also the client base that I built up. And when I moved to Kensington, I was really surprised at, um, you know, what a crossover there was with the client base in St. John's Wood um, that I don't think many people had necessarily, um, you know, acknowledged before. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, that definitely, you know, stood me in, in good stead. Um, mm-hmm. No, of course not. Again, so many good points that you've made, you know, just starting from the beginning of, you know, there's the hard work, there's, you know, hard graft and, you know, billing, you know, getting the business in, which is one thing, but you talked about uh, utilising your experiences. I think many agents feel all the ones that I've spoken to on the entry level that you have to pretend to be something you're not. And what you did was the complete opposite where you looked in yeah. yourself and utilized you know, your experiences, traveling also, you know, experience from, you know, being the family, being in the business and learning from that. And also your experience from negotiating in university. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then lastly, um, you know, moving on to the mentorship. And I remember the conversation I had with Grant last week of, you know, really looking at those who have you know done, uh, what you hopefully would love to achieve and then you know drawing on their experience and seeing how you can translate that um, to you know your everyday you know, working and providing that service to clients so <laughs> in a roundabout way you've you, 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 you've you know you've, you've done very well in five years and I think that's a, a testament to, to the work Thank that you've you. done. So yeah <laughs> I think I think that's it I think I worked <laughs> I worked really really hard and you know, you have to put yourself out of your comfort zone. So definitely I, you know, went for a sales role after nine months of being an admin, which is not the normal route. And then after two and a half years of working in the core market, I went for a prime role and, um, you know, worked in a very established team and had uh, some extremely good people who'd been, you know, I think they had over 100 years worth of experience between them and my team Mm -hmm. and managed to learn from some incredibly good people um, whilst I was Mm there. I think that's useful for um, some of the, some, you know, some of the less established agents that want to be able to, to work in a a similar space in their parts of London and trying to understand you know, what to do, but also for some of the, the young agents. And I've, I've got questions from you from some <laughs> of the young agents as well, what they can do to eventually get to, you know, the stage of, you know, being in the yeah. prime London and dealing with uh, clients of that, of that stature. Um, but um, one other question I do want to ask is one thing that I am seeing, and this is because I always try and look for uh, trends. That's yeah. how my brain works. <laughs> trends in, in, in successful agents one I've seen in Grant uh, and I've seen in yourself when I followed you and other uh, good agents as well is the the need for exercise yeah. <laughs> uh, would you say exercise has um, uh, had a positive impact to your ability to to succeed with yeah the other things I mean without a doubt I could not um, you know I couldn't get up as early as I do and sort of work as long as I do if I didn't exercise it just completely um you know sets my mind for the day and um I really notice the days that I haven't got up in the morning and done something I think just you know it's that time out to yourself if it's even if you're only in the gym for half an hour but 
getting to the gym when um you know no one else is up yet half an hour there showering you have your routine and by the time I get to the office I'm completely settled I've done all of that and I can you know start my day and I yeah I I need to do that to keep my sort of drive and focus going it's really really um essential and I think you know you're you're right you notice with um with Grant as well it's really um but you know I don't necessarily think that's just in real estate I think that's probably sort of whatever career you're in it's all about your sort of routine determination focus and discipline you know all those things that you need for exercising um gym sport whatever it is if you have those skills, they'll be translated into your work life. Um, and the moment that you sort of lose that, I think it's going to it's gonna slip from there as well. And I'm sure there are people that um, will probably be far more disciplined than me that can work successfully without going to the gym. But I yeah, definitely need that mm-hmm. in my life to set my, set my day. Uh, one of the things that you did uh, discuss uh, previously um, in this is that when you moved from St. John's Wood uh, to Kensington there was an overlap in regards yeah. to client base etc. Uh, can I ask more about that you know what were were there changes in regards to what you saw in the market you know client demographics your workload how did all of that look like when you made that change? Um, well it was um you know it was it was a real big shift um because in the way that we sort of um you know work at night frank in the core team you do you have your buyers and you do viewings and you do deals and then your core manager most of the time will sort of manage most of the clients Mm -hmm. and then in the prime team it's done on a more individual their own clients and your own buyers so that was a completely a completely different shift for me and a big um, learning curve I mean my old manager in St John's Wood Josh Marks was um, fantastic at doing that so that was um, you know a a much bigger learning curve for me coming into Kensington but I think in terms of the crossover with clients um, and you know, what I think we're learning so much at this time at the moment is how key communication is and how easy it is to connect with people. But it's so easy to silo yourself. And I think being in different areas, you can kind of imagine that people wouldn't necessarily cross over or it used to be the case much more so. And um, it was just a really nice surprise to me that actually clients who um, I'd come across in St John's Wood were also looking in Kensington had things that they were selling there Mm -hmm. had previously bought and sold things there Mm -hmm. um and you know now that's something that we definitely focus a lot on which is the sort of pan London approach Mm -hmm. and Knight Frank set up our private office Mm -hmm. two years ago um you know with that being the focus Mm -hmm. that one buyer and the private office looks after anyone looking over 10 million pounds um you know that one buyer is not going to be just focused on one area Mm -hmm. and so they will you know sort of run across london with these buyers making sure that you know not one trick is missed Mm -hmm. that's fantastic so you it seems like you guys have um 
like a family office type of approach when it comes to yeah exactly that's amazing there and uh, as we stay on the 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 conversation on the business side of, of property, yeah uh, as you discussed before of course you work for uh, Knight Frank and I like to class Knight Frank as I would call it one of the big four in real estate in the UK so there's you guys not being Knight Frank the CBRE there's Countrywide who I used to work for and obviously Savills so yeah one thing that I've you know seen in these companies is that you know you guys are trained to collaborate within branch or within the group which you've said that that's one thing that you you've been actively doing since you yeah in, um in Kensington whether you know that's referring <laughs> um a market appraisal to another suited branch and that's for other smaller independents that's you know that's what, what I mean by that or you know yeah a service as you said you know if anyone is um you know around the 10 million mark there are other things that you might be able to provide them which is amazing within a group um but the reason i bring this up and i want to see your thoughts on this jessica is that even though that's there's collaboration uh within group of companies what i've seen in the past or when i you know got introduced to, to agency is that um agents haven't been the best at collaborating with each other um in some cases which hasn't worked well for the client so what i've seen uh within the, the say the new guard in the sector so people like yourself uh people like grant uh, i think even um an agent called alex evagora who's who's good as well on social media yeah that came out is that i've seen more collaboration and it, it's, it's fantastic because other sectors you know that they do collaborate as well so and very similar in the u.s as well who you guys uh, you guys have a presence yeah uh, there so my question <laughs> is what's your thoughts <laughs> on agent collaboration in this new age of real estate in London? Are you for it? It sounds like you are for it. And what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I am all for collaboration and you're right. I think it's definitely sort of the new guard and something that people are really adopting. But mm. I've been, and I was really fortunate again when I worked in St. John's Wood that the sort of North London region, mm -hmm. we had open boundaries, we called it. So you could just go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I'd really got that sort of collaboration aspect from there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this year, for example, I've sold, um, I've sold a flat in Marlebone, a flat in Knightsbridge, mm -hmm. um, in South Kensington, mm -hmm. uh, a house in Chiswick, mm -hmm. in Kensington itself, and I've also sold a flat in Australia, in mm -hmm. Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is all through collaboration, talking with other agents, talking with your other offices. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, ultimately, we, you know, we all want to do as much business as we can. Mm -hmm. And I think it would just be silly to be, you know, completely closing that off. We are all, you know, much better when we speak and when we collaborate more recently and this is actually one of the ways that we uh communicated the first time is that um you've been keeping your followers updated on uh deals and also providing yeah ways um that they can use uh, for their careers or businesses which is amazing um if i could ask you you know what made you want to you know utilize social media in that way um Wow. I mean, I think it's kind of leading on from that collaborate, the point of collaboration is, you know, we're all better when we work together, ultimately, mm -hmm. is, you know, it's far easier to connect with people mm -hmm. via Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't need someone's phone number. Um, you can see their, you know, 
basically it's a track record you know of their business what they're doing um and ultimately if it's someone you want to work with and you can definitely use instagram to get you know in touch with other people as i you know as you just said you and i we connected over instagram grant who you had on last week we've connected over instagram and you know there are a number of people that i speak to on a regular basis that um at the moment i still haven't actually met in real life but we share sort of um you know guidance um tips with each other and you know i think it's just also a really nice um and you know that's for me sort of a very personal thing i suppose to be able to connect with people very freely and learn from them but also i think it's a really really good way of connecting with my client base um Mm -hmm. you know often they you know they see me doing something and they'll get in touch with me and say you know Jess that's great or even if it's a really historic client or a new one and it just has that much more you know personal side to it and obviously it's a it's a professional account and um it's you're not going to see me on a Saturday night (laughs) after a few drinks (laughs) on here but um it's that you know personal side of my life and the things that motivate me such as um you know working out and going to the gym and being with my family and traveling and there's that really human element to it which I think is just becoming much 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 more key to the way that we do business of course of course and that's actually quite interesting because I believe your firm are uh, one of the few agencies that have been at the forefront of really using social media and actually supporting um, their agents having, you know, professional yeah. social media you know, page to pr- you know, pr- promote their branch, their their listings as well, but in turn themselves because, you know, people yeah. find people. Um, so do you believe this will be a trend that other agents will eventually follow or, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I definitely think um, they will because ultimately, you know, I am it's it's my it's me on the account it's jessica bishop but jessica bishop that works for knight frank and you know that's the way that we um are promoting properties and i mean even today i did a post of a really wonderful house we've got um in kensington for sale and someone else reached out to me just before we got onto this call asking for information and i said that we managed to take a video tour of it before lockdown and asking for the video tour and you know it's just another way of being able to connect with people and sort of um you know spread your business so i think you know we are fortunate that knight frank are supportive of us having um these accounts but i think um definitely all other agents will be adopting it because it's going to be the way that we do business in the future i have no doubt of that the last question on the social media piece is you know you're one of the few agents that I feel have been able to have the mix so you've got the you know the working out you know you know also at the same time you've got the properties but also just a a glimpse in your life as well sometimes you you might just do a post of you standing outside a property but prior to a viewing you found a a good mix of that and what advice would you give to agents who are you know they've decided or previously decided not to use social media because they thought it was too personal rather than professional. What advice would you give to them uh, to find that 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 um, that mix um, and uh, you know promote themselves uh, using that platform? You know, you you definitely it's scary, but you need to get yourself you know on camera, 
and mm-hmm. in and put yourself out there because what people are connecting with is you know they're connecting with you if you put up a photo of a house that you can sell one of you know 10 other colleagues could put up that photo but ultimately you want everyone out there to know that it's you um that they're connecting with so i would recommend if you you know haven't done it previously set up an instagram account put up a few properties that you've got for sale just to you know get a bit um you know feel a little bit more comfortable with it and then you know take a photo of yourself in front of a property obviously um we can't be doing that right now we need to be in lockdown but you know just a photo of you and say you know what you've been up to that day but i think you really need to um put yourself out there and you know i've I definitely had to step outside of my comfort zone to do so. But, you know, I noticed, you know, it dramatically changed the moment that you really are giving sort of an insight to yourself. That's what people really want to see. Mm-hmm. Completely agree with that, that, that personality. Yeah. People, again, people buy people. So it's all well and good showing a property. But if they could see, you know, the agent or the person behind that, that always helps. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, if we could shift gears for a, a moment and discuss uh, what I call the elephant in the room, which is COVID-19, <laughs> or uh, some of my other colleagues call the business prevention disease. <laughs> um, I like that. I'll start using that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, is that, again, uh, from your, the first story that I saw that you know I engaged with you was uh, the fact that you have been working closely with your buyers, your vendors as well to, you know, extend timeframes and increase yeah. communication. For anyone who uh, isn't following Jessica, please follow her because she does give, you know, weekly or daily updates and some tips as well. Is that, um, you know, can you tell the listeners how you've been, you know, keeping bills de- alive uh, and servicing clients with, you know, that increased communication? Yeah, I mean, it is literally just about talking to them more than you previously would have done and I think the the story or the post that we connected on was about shifting time frames and the reason that I spoke about that is because the buyer came to me as sort of if we were in a normal you know a normal situation and said that he was going to have to shift his time frames and therefore he was really concerned that he was going to lose the deal because ultimately what they'd agreed upon he couldn't stick to and I suppose quite rightly you know as a businessman and knowing the way that you sort of should conduct yourself when agreeing property that he was basically going back on his word and what had been agreed and um what was so nice about that was having this you know regular communication with the vendor who is obviously aware of the situation um that we're in was just very happy to come to an agreement with him and work it out together and it was a real sort of uh collaboration on all sides so that's you know three sides here um working together to work out how we were going to move forward because both sides wanted the deal to happen Um, And we just needed to be able to make it work. And I just think it's, you know, everyone's been so much more understanding because the first question is not how many viewings have you done this week and have you got any offers? It's how are you? How are your family? And, you know, are you okay? Which is Mm -hmm. a big question that sometimes a lot of people don't want to ask or, you know, they only ask it because they want to hear 
the standard response of fine and to mm. be in a time when people are genuinely asking how you're okay that sort of you know takes your connection to a deeper level and so you know when I've been speaking to everyone like that I think it's just you know I mean I don't want to put myself down and say that I've not been doing much but I think it's the fact that everyone's <laughs> just being so understanding so I don't necessarily think it's something sort of um you know particularly clever that I've been doing it's just that mm -hmm. we all need to be talking to each other and be understanding mm -hmm. because no matter whether you are selling your first home as a 23 year old you're downsizing mm -hmm. as an um you know an elderly couple or you've you know just hit it big and looking to buy something you're all in the same position and I think it's really the first time probably ever that we can say that. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. It's, it is the first time that, you know, I, we can say that I, I think I tried to make some comparables last week while speaking to other agents and, 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 and my other podcast as well. And, you know, I was trying to make comparables with, you know, you know, 08 and, you know, and and nine eleven as well. And one thing that <laughs> I realized is that it's a very very different yeah. situation. And, and you know, when it even from a business and personal level, everyone is a in in a more understanding uh, mindset when it comes to things. So that's 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 great that you you, you pulled up on upon that. And also just giving that advice to, to to other agents who are still acting like things are normal yeah. and they aren't. You know, we aren't very very unprecedented yeah. times as it's said so many times but um there is a i always say there's always a silver lining to, to things and one thing is that i read i think it was yourself or probably one of your colleagues that i follow that last week that your firm rolled out the virtual and 3d yes we did which is fantastic yeah. and uh, uh one of the one of the first firms i must say that um were promoting it actively and I believe you guys saw like an uptick in inquiries in some uh, countries of up to yeah, 80%. Exactly, um, we did. And, uh, which is brilliant. And um, if I could ask you again, with this new technology, because we, it has been around, but it isn't one that us yeah. agents have always used because we do like to meet with people face to face, see the whites of their eyes and get yeah. engaged in them. Um, how have you benefited so far from uh, using uh, the virtual viewings? I know you've already uh, explained that. And would you recommend agents uh, push to service, you know, once we, you know, hopefully sooner than later get out of the situation? Yeah, I think it will definitely be um, something that we do with almost every property moving forward. Um, I mean, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, delighted to say that last week we agreed our first deal from a virtual viewing. Yeah. Um which Amazing. is you know fantastic news and you know as you said we're not in normal times and we can't be sort of moving forward pretending that it is normal but there are a lot of positive stories out there at the moment and there are deals being done and you know we are using these videos and virtual tours um on a daily basis with people and even if it's um not enough to make someone to commit to the property um which i completely understand it's enough to um you know i suppose help them filter through what they may or may not want to focus on and so that you know by the time mm -hmm. that we are out of um lockdown 
you know, they they will know what we want and we will be there and have advised them accordingly and hopefully we'll be able to make the process much more seamless. And I think um, once we're out of this, um, if people are away, if people have been working, if they're, well, I don't know how long we might not be able to go abroad for, but I just think it's a great tool to use. Um, and, you know, it's like all these things. Once we started using it, we can't believe that, we hadn't utilized it before of course and i think many agents should should you know take heed from that where you know you are still let's say using you know the the traditional yeah. methods of marketing um existing properties but then at the same time using that you know that black book of um you know qualified buyers people you've spoken to in the past and again exactly and you know that's often the way that you know the best deals are done when they're they're off market and from Mm -hmm. your from your black book so i definitely think Mm -hmm. that anyone who's thinking about selling their property at the moment should be speaking to an agent and Mm -hmm. seeking their advice and you know at a time more than any other you know every agent will be glad to speak to someone because we're not normally, you know, we'll spend half of our day out on viewings and we're not doing that at the moment. So we definitely have more time um, to speak to everyone. So I would, you know, speak to the agents um, that you, you know, potentially might list your house with, um, see who you feel most comfortable with and then work with them on an off market basis. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Again, you, you have discussed this that you said, you know, deals are still getting done, offers are still being put on the table, which I'm seeing as well. Um, but do you believe um, exchanges are still possible from your experience that you've seen in the last couple of weeks? And, you know, should people, uh, or mainly vendors, um, should they still move forward or should they wait before, you know, listing a property? Um, well, in terms of exchanges, yes, exchanges are definitely possible. Um we've we've had an exchange last week and again it just all comes back to that sort of understanding and collaborating and whether that you know be putting in sort of a specific COVID-19 clause which um you know most listers are doing now and are happy to do um and then it's just a matter of really uh, you know trying to come to an agreement with a completion date and again everyone is in the same boat it's not someone that wants to complete in two weeks time and can't understand that the you know the other person doesn't want to complete for four weeks we're not in we're not in that situation we don't have the sort of ability to you know look at it from one side at the moment we have to you know appreciate everyone's circumstance and so yes i think it's definitely possible um to keep moving forward with exchanges and then with regards to listings um we I think at the moment um, we're sort mm-hmm. of using, I mean, with with most of our clients that have signed up but are yet to come to the market, I think we will be using an off-market strategy for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, the demand is still really strong, which I think we were most surprised about the day after lockdown. You know, we're concerned what, what is going to happen and demand was still Mm. there and you know I'm speaking to people you know obviously all day every day and it is very rare that I've actually had someone say that they're not interested um 
in looking at all they are still keen to hear from us even if they say i you know i'm not gonna i don't want to buy until next year they still want to receive details from me and want to be updated about what's going on in new properties coming to the market so i think using an off-market strategy um, and using that to sort of filter through your qualified buyers should hopefully um, you know do your client the best service um, by you know being able to gauge the market and where it might sit um, but you're not sort of completely exposing it um, you've got that in your you know in your back pocket for when we're ready to come out of lockdown of course of course and um, from because you specialize in the uh, say 4.5 yeah. upwards um, and I know at that level you know there are um, some buyers who can buy in cash of course and there are some buyers that are utilizing uh, the effectively yeah. the cheap money that we have available to us um, from a financing uh, perspective there Jessica have you seen a disruption in you know mortgages or deals just due to the let's say liquidity banking side of it and how have you guys been trying your best to you know massage that all um so there are definitely some banks that are not um you know not comfortable lending at the moment on a desktop val and i've had a couple of um working on a couple of things in the last week and there are certain banks that Mm -hmm. will um you need to ensure that they've got a good broker with very fortunate night frank we've got sort of um Night Frank Finance, a team of brokers who are exceptional and they're able to help um, Mm -hmm. and advise our clients. Um, But you definitely need a good broker, um, but they should be able to guide you through the process. And, you know, it might mean that you will ultimately need to put down more cash and um, your um, loan to value is going to be increased. But um, there are banks willing to mm-hmm. lend on desktop valuations. Without a doubt, they're keen for the business. I do like to focus on the, the positive that you are saying that, you know, even with that, we are in the situation, you know, deals are getting done, conversations are still happening, uh, banks are still willing to lend. Maybe the, you know, loan to value and deposit yeah. may increase and, you know, they'll also be decreased, but there's, it, it's still there, you know, there's, yeah. there's still deals to, to be done. Um, and um, I think feel that even though all of those things are being discussed one of the things that people are discussing and that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to set up my uh, set up this podcast was to have discussions <laughs> that people aren't having is that the even though the uh let's say the buyer's interested the, the vendor wants to move forward the financing is, is there people yeah. still have to physically I know <laughs> <laughs> so how, how are you guys advising clients on this issue because again this is this is something um, that that needs to be discussed. So, how are you guys? Uh, dealing so, with this with at the moment, I've got a couple of completions that have been set quite far um, into the future. Um, so, I have not mm-hmm. had to broach them, <laughs> broach that with them yet. Um, but I know that my <laughs> colleagues um, have, um, you know, have had to deal with that. And the only completions really that we've mm-hmm. been advising and helping on have been sort of with um vacant properties um you know i mean i'm sure there will be removals people out there who will be very happy to help and work during these times but ultimately 
you know, I think the most important thing is that we try and keep some semblance of normality and move forward with business as possible, but adhering to government advice and staying inside. And, you know, I've been sort of a big advocate of that from the beginning, because ultimately, you know, if we do what they say, which is literally all we have to do is stay at home, that is the sooner that we will be able to get back to business properly and be able to start doing business. And I think to be honest, I would, um, I'm very, I suppose, fortunate that I haven't, um, you know, come up against that yet. But I think um, trying to push completions back, which I hope most people will be very, very amenable to, firstly, because I think it's quite tricky for, um, you know, both sides to move. So they'll be happy to have the security of an exchange and staying in their current home. Um, And just push your completion date back if you can, because, we all want to stay safe and we all want to get out of this and that's what we need to do to work towards that another positive that i want to focus on because again it, yeah. you know when you go on the news it's all you know, doom and gloom <laughs> is that um last week again from the, the last conversation we did have um with grant and doing my own research i've seen that economists believe that you know we'll see yeah. a, a v-shaped type of recovery so we'll come up with this we'll dip and then we'll come back uh, on top of uh, again which is is, is brilliant to hear and um, one thing that I've seen, I, I've seen this on the Knight Frank website and other uh, financial publications as well, is that um, prime property, uh, especially in central London and other parts of, uh, of, of the UK, which are deemed prime as well, um, are now being priced at effectively at a discount of 42% yeah. in US dollar terms. So for listeners that don't understand what that means, effectively, if you were to buy the property, uh, using the US currency um, at the same price uh, that the property is priced at, um, you would see a uh, potential uh, discount of 42% just due to the currency play. So again, this provides an amazing opportunity, very similar to what we had um, when we had the uh, the issue with yeah. the confusion <laughs> with uh, Brexit. Um, a lot of the buyers, <laughs> I like to call it confusion. confusion. <laughs> what are we going to do next? Um, with US buyers uh, looking to park uh, their money in UK real estate, especially in London, uh, which um, is seemed as a safe haven from a property perspective. So uh, question to you, Jessica, is um, how do you think your branch or yourself will be able to potentially you know, position themselves, you know, to draw from this opportunity if everything goes well? I, I completely agree. I think we're going to see quite a strong V-shaped recovery. Um, and you know we need to be primed for when that happens that we're in the right place with our buyers and clients and you know i don't want to hyperbolize too much but i think it will be you know a real sort of Mm -hmm. floodgate opening of demand from buyers and i think what i found so interesting is with people sat in their homes for two weeks with nothing else to do, their minds really been focused and they've decided that they really want to move. And the demand that I've noticed has not been sort of from Mm -hmm. new people picking up the call, uh, picking up the phone, inquiring about a new property, but my current buyers that I do have, you know, Mm -hmm. really, really wanting to move and really, really Mm -hmm. wanting information. And I think, um, you know, it all just comes back down to communication again, keeping in touch with everyone and being there as that advisor, you know, advising our clients on a daily basis and advising these buyers on, you know, really what they should be moving to so that when we can come out of this, um, you know, they'll want to come to us to help them move. Um, and, 
you know, we have to look at everything with as much of a positive spin as we can. And I think there was, um, you know, across Prime Central London, a stat came out that, um, you know, growth is going to be flat in 2020, which I'm sure you can understand. But in 2021, it's going to grow by 8%, which I think is quite a powerful statistic, but something that I can really foresee because the moment that we're able to get out and see houses again, and it's literally that, you know, physical inability to get out and see houses that is holding us up right now. Um, people are going to be out there wanting to move home and buying homes. Completely agree. And, you know, with, with saying that, you know, uh, as you said, there's that there, there, there potentially will be that uptick um, in 2021. But whilst we are where we are now, you know, people, buyers, vendors, investors alike are trying to find yeah uh, or they're looking for this new norm uh, with all the things that we're dealing with so what are your final thoughts on the impact and you know the impact on your patch but also you know what how, <laughs> how you see yourself uh, potentially you know riding the wave with that potential eight percent uptick or even more maybe less um in 2021 and well i mean i think we're going to well. completely change the way that we're working because agency is something that you never thought you could do from home beforehand and you know we do need to get out and see properties but there is a lot that can be done from home and I think we will reevaluate the way that we work and it's not something that we've um you know touched on here up to this point but um for women in the business coming back to work after having children can be you know a real struggle and because you know if you're you know many solicitors I deal with for example work from home two days a week um you know and they look after their children and Mm -hmm. for me something that I really hope is that it's going to completely disrupt the way that we work in agency to make us much more aligned with many other industries Mm -hmm. in terms of being flexible for working flexible from others coming back to work um and you know being a much more sort of open community in that way because I think um you know the residential sector is quite behind the curve in that and I think we actually um I mean no one could foresee COVID-19 but um something this disruptive will mean that I think will change very quickly and I think it will be a great positive for the industry. Now, that's a positive way to end the podcast. Jessica, thank you so much for your time today. Such an insightful conversation. I hope you enjoyed your time with us and I'm sure we'll be speaking to you again in the near future. And that's it for episode two of Bayonne Talks podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, please subscribe via your usual podcast provider and share with a friend. In the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you next time.